Sam? What number's my mic? What number's my mic? Okay, I'm gonna put you on here then. In my monitor. Used to work now it's working. Johnny Carson show. <laughs> there we go. We need the mic. So there we go. So everyone who's on li live stream can not just read lips. Hey, it's good morning. Good morning, huh? A little wind, a little cold. I think winter's coming. Hey, we're gonna have a time of worship this morning and a time in the Word, and we're blessed to have Mark and Jen Lee. One more, one more morning before they head back to. Minneapolis tomorrow and leave the mountain. Oh. And they're going to where it's really cold. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> no, there's a snowstorm coming. coming. <laughs> Amen. Well, hey, let's, let's uh, pray and, and we'll get into a time of worship. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. God, this, again, this opportunity we have to freely come and to worship you. God, we pray that uh, we would never um, take these things for granted, that we would always just give you praise and glory and honor. Father, I pray that you would bless this service this morning. Pray an anointing upon Mark and Jan Lee as they lead us into a time of worship. God, that your presence is here. Father, we've come, and each of us are, are in need of a touch from you for different reasons. God, we think of those who are uh, having difficult times and grieving this morning, Father. We just pray you would touch and comfort their hearts, Lord, for God, those who are struggling with a, a physical illness, we pray for healing touch, God, even those represented here online and those that are just part of the body, God, we just pray you would touch them right now in the name of Jesus. God, um, we ask that you would give us all hope and, and vision of who you are and your love for us, God, and and how we uh, fit into the pl your plan for our, for our lives and your plan to reach the lost and, and to be a light, God. Um, just bless us and be with us this morning as we worship. And uh, we pray that you would receive our, our singing as a, an offering to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to ask Mark and Janet Lee to come. And, and uh, you know, maybe most of us were here last week and last night. For those who missed last night, I'm sorry. You missed a great night. Pack your bags. We're going on a guilt trip. 
Well, we had a great time. We're gonna, but we're gonna worship the Lord this morning also. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to. Well, this week has been really something. I feel like how many of you ever remember going to camp? You know, the last day of camp. That's how I kind of feel. You know, oh, I'm gonna say goodbye. <laughs> But my voice, man, I'm starting to sound a little bit like Joe Cocker, you know. <laughs> Jesus, I love you. <laughs> At the end of the week here. But, you know, we there's a song that we we didn't get to sing, I don't, I don't think, this week. Um, and I'd like to tell a little story about it before we begin. Yeah. Pastor Rob had, I believe last week, told something about the street ministry and some of our meetings that we had that were pretty wild and well one of them was up in seattle washington a number of years ago how many of you have ever been to seattle anybody yeah the tourists the pike place market well we had our little group and we were we were just walking by there and we saw this this group they had you know the guitars gospel group they were singing and they looked at us and they said um what, you, what kind of music you guys play we, said, we play gospel music and they said well we got a permit and we have to leave, but you can take our spot. <laughs> I don't know what you call that. I call that a divine appointment. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so we get this spot, and, you know, we're doing our thing. We're just singing some praise songs and worship. And in between, one of the guys starts preaching. Well, then the police came, you know, and they were gracious. They were nice. They said, you, you can sing here, but we don't want you preaching. So... Long story short, we needed a song that was going to preach, and we didn't have our list and overheads, you know. <laughs> and so everybody's looking at me, what are we going to do? And, and I'm looking at my friend Bill, and so what's a better way to preach than John 3:16? For God so loved the world. So we make up this tune. And then we go, for God so loved, got a little bit of reggae beat to it. That he gave his only son. <laughs> and then we get to the chorus part, and we, we didn't have the chorus. <laughs> so finally, we just start spelling out the name of Jesus. His name is J-E-S-U-S. And then some of them would say, call on that name of J-E-S-U-S. Oh, he'll heal you, J-E-S. And so we were able to preach in between the chorus. <laughs> so stand up. We're going to do it this morning. <laughs> God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Can I do it? You got to get that Should not perish but have I. Who loves Big Bear? J E S U S. Oh, 
sing one more time. God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. Never shall believe that the perish but have life. J E S U S. J E S U S. song all prepared for the summer outreach. <laughs> and we had so much fun the rest of that week when we went to bus stops and we would sing that. And I would just love seeing people get, you know, you can read their lips, they're getting on the bus. It's an earworm. Thank you. 
gorgeous to be in your presence, Lord. Take a moment this morning, close your eyes. Just begin to commune with the Lord here. before you, Lord, with grateful hearts. For who you are, we worship you. Help us know Thank you. 
Father, we just ask this morning, you would just awaken in our hearts, Lord, a fresh hunger for more of you, Lord. Release us right now as we sing the things of this week, the concerns. We can just have this moment together as a congregation just to be with you. Sing your prayer. As a dear
just sing this chorus with me. You're still my first love. You're still my only one. You're still my first love. You're still my only one.
Oh 
to do one more before we're done here today. Up. I didn't get many amens on that. We got to get <laughs> Whatever
I'm doing good. Yay. <laughs> well, welcome to the Journey Church. If you're joining us for the first time, we're so excited to have you here. And we would love to get connected with you. One way you can do that is by filling out those connection cards in the pockets of the seats. And then you can put those in the tithe and offering boxes in the back of the room. And I just have a few announcements for us. Can you see me? No. <laughs> Let's see. Hmm. Here we go. All right. Well, the first one is this, Operation Christmas Child, which uh, now I realize is silly that I put this down. Um, we have these boxes available for you guys that fold up into little shoe boxes. They're right outside in the hallway. If you would like to use this for Operation Christmas Child. For those of you that aren't aware of what Operation Christmas Child is, is basically we get to pack shoe boxes with toys for children around the world who may not be as well off as we are here. So you can put like a fun wow item in there, like a stuffed animal or a little ball or something, and then um, other things like markers and pads and even uh, maybe washcloths or things for hair. Um, the box has some information on, you know, some ideas of things that you can put in there. Each box that you pack does need to come with a $10 uh, shipping cost. So you can either send uh, a check off to Samaritan's Purse, which is the organization that puts it on, or you could give us a check and we'll make sure that it all gets sent off. These boxes need to come back by the third week of November. If you don't want to use the box, I know some of us have done the Dollar Tree, they uh, sell those plastic containers, which is kind of cool because then they can use those containers again. But these boxes are free, so if, you, if you're going to do it, go ahead and grab a box. But I would suggest waiting until you know for sure if you're going to do that or not. Um, if you have any questions, please come find me after church. There's also some information on the cork board out there in the hallway, including some of the little uh, tabs that if you were to do a different box, you could put on there where whether you choose to do a boy or a girl and their age and all that stuff. So that is that. The next announcement I have is um, we're really excited on November 15th and 17th. Whoa, hey. <laughs> um, November 15th and 17th, we are going to be doing a youth group fundraiser here in the form of a concert by the one and only Ken Anderson. <laughs> yeah, so we want to encourage you guys to come on out, it's going to start at 6.30, which is generally our youth group time. So come hang out with us at youth group on Tuesday night, <coughs> and then we'll have it also Thursday night as well. And uh, we're just going to enjoy a night of fellowship and good music, right? So we'll have the cafe open. It'll be great. And then the next announcement I have is we've got membership class that's coming up. If you haven't already signed up with Pastor Rob, that's going to be three classes that are taking place during November. That starts November 9th. It'll be Wednesday nights from 8, just kidding, from 6 to 8. <laughs> um, 6 to 8 here at the church, Wednesday nights, starting November 9th, and it's our membership class. So it's a great way to come, learn about our core values here, our mission, and just what we believe and who we believe in, and that's Jesus. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also, quick reminder, we're just going to do, a, I think, a quick um, leaders meeting after service. So if you want to meet next door, we'll just go through a few little things. So I think that's all the announcements. With that, we're going to go ahead and receive our tithes and offerings. And I was just thinking, you know, um, it's pretty cool that when we give into our tithes and our offerings, hello? Yeah? <laughs> the Lord is calling you to give. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, with that, let's pray. No. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> um, that was like so perfect. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, but I think it's really cool that we have the opportunity to kind of be a part of what God's doing in, the, in his kingdom. And one of the ways that we do that, we do it in many different ways, but one of the ways that we do that is through our tithes and our offerings. Not only is it a way for us to show that we trust in God, we, we have faith that he will provide, but it's also a way that we get to sow into his kingdom, which is kind of cool that he gives us that opportunity to be a part of that. And so I thought it was just kind of a cool way to think about when we tithe is that, hey, this is my part in sowing into what God's doing in his kingdom. Amen? All right, so let's go ahead and pray for our tithes and offerings now. There's many different ways that you can tithe and offer. I don't know if we want to put that on the screen. Putting Zach on the spot, sorry. <laughs> but let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you so much that you have given us the opportunity to be a part of your kingdom and allow your kingdom to grow. God, I pray that um, you would allow us to do that wisely. God, in every everything that we do, God, the way that we speak to people, the way we love on people, the way that we give, and even the way that we serve here at the Journey Church, God, that we would do it to bring you glory. And we um, are just so grateful that we get to be a part of that. Lord, we love you, and we give you this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know if anyone is here this morning. Um, the Valenzuelas are not. Hazel, is, is she in here or is she next door? She had to go. Okay. And this, so Abigail's not here. Harley's not here. Ashley's not here. So I don't have any baptism certificates to give away today. <laughs> okay. Last night. Amen. Hey, with, um, in the hallway, and they'll be, they'll be in the pockets next week. Um, so some of you, I just hand one, but we have little pens that we just got from the Journey Church. So they actually, they write pretty nice so far. So, you know, let's see. Right? I mean, you know, these are great. They, they come and they say, you could have your, you know, they, they come with a sample pen. And, and you go, well, that looks nice, and I'll take it. And then they say, well, that's, it's only 59 cents a pen. 
And then when you order them, they say, well, there's, a, there's like a $30 setup fee. <laughs> and Elise is, is like, you already printed one. <laughs> you already printed one. What's the setup fee on that, right? You know, let, let's just you, let's use that one. That was good. And, uh, and so, and then of course shipping. You know, shipping is like ridiculous. But anyways, we it was still a good deal. But we want we I want little pens. So take a pen, um, give them to people, let them know. You know, that uh, their names can also be written in the Lamb's Book of Life Ooh. as you give a pen. There we go. Right, you go. Woo! <laughs> yes, there. <it> is. <laughs> When we, when we did a lot of street ministry before, we'd always try to find, um, you know, just kind of f fun ways to talk to people and catch phrases and things. And that would be that would be one thing we'd you may, might say something like, uh, go up to somebody and say, "Hey, man, that's a really nice car you're driving." He said, "Well, thanks. Are there going to be cars in heaven? Will you be there to find out?" So yeah, just kind of fun little conversation. You start talking to us. <laughs> Ooh, it's in red. Yes. Amen. That's good. So we'll put that there for later. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are uh, continuing on in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. So if you got your Bible, open up there. So 1 Corinthians, again, written by Paul. Paul had gone uh, on a journey to, uh, into Corinth, and he had started the church there. Um, as he was, traveled to other places, he began to get news that they, were, um, they needed some instruction, as we all do. And so he, he wrote a couple of letters to them. Um, even though this is 1 Corinthians, this is at least the second letter that he actually writes to them. And he's correcting the church at Corinth. And, and remember, the church at Corinth was... Uh, it was very pagan. It was um, a place that uh, had a lot of worship of other gods going on in that place. Um, it was very progressive, very, very progressive. Um, everything kind of went, whatever, you know, Corinth was a place that, you know, anything was kind of acceptable. Um, lots of sexual immorality. Again, one of their temples even had uh, temple prostitutes at that part of the worship was to to have sex with the temple prostitutes. I mean, this was a bad place. And so Paul is writing to them um, about what's, what's going on. And so he, last week we, we covered a little bit about verse 1 and 2, that within the church there was things happening and that were not even done and tolerated among the pagans, the uh, people who weren't Christian. And he says... Um, at the end of verse 2, it says, You should be mourning this. Um, let, the, let him who does this be removed from among you. With that, let's pray and go into starting in verse 3. Father, we thank you for this morning, the time and the word. Uh, God, we just pray that you would help our understanding to be open as we delve into this chapter in Jesus' name. Amen. So in, in verse 3, let's just go ahead and read that um, all the way through, it's 3 through 13, all of chapter 5, we're going to do in one day today. 
For though absent in body, I am present in the spirit, and as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. Uh, when you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to, to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Pretty strong words coming from Paul. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the people of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, drunkard or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? It is, uh, it is, not, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Really, really strong words coming from Paul. And this is a chapter in the Bible that we don't see happen actually at all in churches anymore where there's actually times um, where, where people might be removed from fellowship. It's very rare. I want to cover this a little bit because um, it, this is an important chapter and I think there's a lot we can learn um, through this, actually. And, and so if there was a title on my message the, this morning, it would probably be How Believers Deal with Sin. How Believers Deal with Sin. And, and the very first thing to remember as we're going on is 1 Corinthians is written to Christians. And it's written to Christians about Christians. It's not a book written to the, to the church about how to deal with the people in the world. In fact, it's really the, out, uh, the opposite in the, in the last verse. It says, we're not to judge people in the world. God judges the people in the world. But, but he is bringing it back to that we're supposed to be looking at the body of Christ, believers, and how we're supposed to um, live and help other people live and deal with it when there's somebody in the church that is in this living in what we're going to call a, a, a purposeful, um, unrepented sin. So, so that's kind of the, the setup for this. And so the first thing is, well, what is sin? What, what really is sin? And, and some people ask that question, well, is this a sin? Is this a sin? And some, some, I've had questions of sometimes believers, and even unbelievers will come and say, well, is this a sin? Is this a sin? The word in the Greek is hamartia. Um, and it really literally means it comes from a word that archers would use. Uh, years ago when I was the youth pastor here, um, we, we, I preached on sin. And so we got, I had a 45-pound a compound bow, and I was shooting arrows across the sanctuary at a target. Um, in, in the back, it was great because the kids were just, you know, right around here. And we're shooting arrows up the middle. And, uh, and we, were talking about, we were talking about sin with, with, uh, with bows and arrows. And so, so what does that have to do with sin? Well, the, the word in Greek actually means to miss the mark. And, a, and a, an archer would use that term if he pulled back his bow and let it go and it didn't hit the mark that he was going for, the bullseye, he would say, I hamartied, I sinned. 
I missed the mark. And so sin in its simplest form is when you're missing whatever mark it is that has been set up. Well, it, for, as, as believers, the, the mark is that which Christ, that's what God has set up for us as the way he wants us to live, the way he wants us to behave. Um, and, and so that is missing the mark is whenever we stray from the commands of God, from the idea that God is setting up for us. And so that's kind of the, the basic part of sin. But there's another part of sin that we need to remember and dwell, uh, and as we're going into this, and that's that sin didn't start with us. So there's another thing we kind of tend to call original sin, and that's the sin of Adam and Eve. In, in, in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve, you know, God had made everything, and everything was good, everything was beautiful, there was nothing wrong. There was no defect. I heard one pastor say, say it like this, that Adam and Eve were like these um, b beautiful uh, glass dishes. They were perfect, but they were able to be broken. There was no blemish in them when they were uh, made, but they were fragile. And so the difference with the dishes is that the dishes didn't have a choice in it where we did. Adam and Eve, the serpent representing Satan, came along and tempted the, the first parents, Adam and Eve, and they made a choice to sin. And because of that, sin nature actually entered into the human race. And, and one of the things that we believe as, as Christians is that we as people, we really, we have a sin nature. It's, it's nothing you have to work at. You don't have to learn how to do it, right? I mean, you know, did, did your mom or grandma ever to, you know, just kind of say, hey, I'm going to teach you now how to disobey me. <laughs> like, 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 did they say, okay, now when we're not looking, go in and get five cookies and take them. <laughs> you know, that, that's not the way it works. In fact, you know, you get these beautiful little babies and, and you start raising them and then they start, you know, walking, and even before they're talking, right, generally, you know, kids and grandkids, you know, they start doing things, and, and they'll start going towards the fireplace or something, it's, and they're thinking, pretty, <laughs> and you're thinking, crispy, <laughs> and so they start heading there, and you go, no, and they go, huh, and they start going, and so you pick them up, you might put a little spot, no, we don't go to there, and so, so later, they start walking to it, and they look at you. <laughs> and they do it anyways. What is that? That's that, I know it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyways. We don't teach that to kids. Where does it come from? You can blame great, 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 great grandpa Adam and, and you know, Grandma Eve. Because when they made that choice, to sin, you know, yes, deception was there. The, the serpent was coming in and tempting with all the things. This is, you're going to be like God, and, and you're going to know good from evil, and it's not going to kill you. It's, it's going to really enlighten you. And I've ne I don't hear that today, that anything about enlightenment, that we should be really smart. And not what everyone's talking about here. Let's well, be, be more enlightened. I know people who's, who've done drugs to become more enlightened. You know, this has been the, the thing of the enemy forever. You're going to know so much. You're going to be better. You have these experiences. And Eve says, sounds good to me. And Adam went, whatever you say, happy wife, happy life. I don't know. 
you know, not a good way to live, not a good way to live. Um, he needed to be the leader in that moment, and he didn't. And because of that, sin entered in, and then now we see it in all people. And, and we can't truly fix ourselves. So because of that original sin, you have a sin nature, and, and sin has entered in. And so we have that sin, and, and then and it, so we've got the sin nature. So then every time we sin, there's another sin, and it's, it's called imputed sin. We sin, and then something is imputed to us, the, the, the consequence of that. There's a consequence of sin, and the Bible talks about it in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, Hebrews and both in Leviticus, that says that, um, you know, well, you know, Romans says that the wages of sin is death, and that the free gift of God is eternal life. That there needs to be a, in the Old Testament, New Testament also, the, a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice to really free us from those sins. And, and until that happens, we have sin in our life. Now, we never escape the, the temptation of sin. And, and we as believers never escape the fact that, that our old nature still is drawn towards sin. Now, Rick Warren says it like this, and I, and I love the way he says it. It's very simple, and, and you really you can't argue with it. It's, it's so simple. Sin is basically this. You want to be your own boss. Isn't that good, Mark? You, you want to be your own boss. Nobody's going to tell me what to do, right? I want to do it my way. And, and it, it just kind of comes out. Well, that looks good. I want it. I know it's not supposed to have it, so, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> we, we do the same thing. And so sin is, is, is missing that mark that God has set up for you. He, he actually shows us how he wants us to live. Now, people think that it's restrictive, but we, I believe, and, and I think most of us found out in life after, unfortunately, many times it's afterwards that, wow, God's ways actually would have been better you know, you know, when you first dabble with alcohol and drugs, and, and if any of that's your backstory, you know, one, you, 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 you never thought that you would get addicted. You never thought that things would happen the way they may have happened for you. And if, if you've ever talked to an addict who's been in it for a while, you know, and you say, so, you know, when you were eight, what was your, what was your desire in life? They said, you know, when I, when I was eight, I just couldn't wait to be a drug addict. <laughs> I couldn't wait until I was just looking for the next fix. You know, and some, some kids want to be an astronaut and others just go, drug addict. That's my thing. That doesn't happen. And in fact, a lot of people, when they begin to experiment with these things, they kind of go, that won't happen to me. I'm just going to have some fun. And, 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 and it kind of gets a hold of your life. I don't know too many people in their 40s, 50s, 30s, 40s, 50s, maybe still in their 30s, they haven't learned it yet, 40s and 50s ago. I am so glad I did that. You know, just partying all the time. It really brought so much... Uh, fulfillment in my life. No regrets. No regrets from that. You know, there might be an occasional person who says that, but most people are like, oh, man, if I would have known then what I know now. Well, here's the problem. You did. You did. Most of us knew. Don't do it. The Bible said it. Parents said it. Lots of places said, don't make the, the older people in your life, this is great, don't make the same mistakes I did. And you're probably thinking, well, what's the fun in that? 
because we, we kind of want to make our own mistakes. But, but they're not going to be my mistakes. I'm going to avoid all that. The Bible actually laid it out and said, listen, here's how I want you to live. And, and he says, be sober-minded, for example. He says, I don't want you to, to steal. I don't want you to murder. I, don't, I, want, I, I want you to have one wife. I want you to keep yourself pure. I want you to keep um, out of the, the, the traps of the world, even. Um, you know, watch out for greed. Watch out for, for lust. Watch out for pride. You know, all these things, we see how they've affected us. We see they, they affect other people. Well, the Bible is already talking about all these things. And so we decided to go out and do our own thing, and then we have consequences in our life from that. So, so sin is, we, we miss that mark that God has for it, and most of those things that we, we're reading in the Bible is that we're, we're good for us. Even the idea of, of not eating pork, you go, what, what was, did God just not like us to have the best food in the world? <laughs> I mean, you know, he just, you know, bacon and listen, now I'm looking at people who, who were, were alive and some of you may not have gotten the update on pork. When I was a kid, I don't even know other than bacon why we ate pork because you had to cook it until it was so dried out and tasteless. Remember growing up, you have a pork roast. You got to slather some type of gravy on it because it was so dry. Why is this so overcooked? Well, if you don't cook it really well, it's going to kill you. Why are we eating this? Well, it's been dirty. It's a, it's a dirty animal, and it's been dirty forever. So part of it was God going, it's a dirty animal. Don't eat it. Well, we've raised pork a little differently now, and you can actually, believe it or not, not overcook pork, and you won't die anymore. If that's new to you, Google it. You can actually cook it just a, you know, so where it actually has a little bit of flavor. And, and so, so is it possible God is saying, listen, these things, they're dirty. Don't eat it. Even things like that. So God sets these, these parameters up for us saying, don't do this. It's going to hurt you. We think pretty, and God says, crispy. It's going to hurt you. That's sin. So... I'm looking around the room, and we're all in the same boat. We're sinners. But we're not sinners only because we've sinned. Actually, we sin because we're sinners. Because original sin is inside of us. We can't escape it. And so sin is going to continue to happen, continue to be a, uh, a difficulty, continue to be a struggle all throughout your Christian life. You know, we could look around the room and pick on some, you know, people maybe a little bit older or, you know, but, and, and I could do this, well, you know, we got Mark and, and Mickey and Susie. They've been walking with Jesus for a long time. You got saved at, uh, how old? 50 years ago. 50 years ago. That's, that's a pretty long time. <coughs> if, if anyone in the room is, is, is going to be free from sin, it's going to be like Mickey, Susie, Mark, you know. 50 years walking with Jesus. You guys never sin anymore, huh? <laughs> right? You're, you're perfect. You go, you know, for the younger people, maybe just coming to Jesus going, that doesn't give you much hope. You're like, what? You mean, there, I'm going to struggle for, yes, you're going to struggle forever. But here's the thing, is God's grace, His forgiveness is new every morning. 
The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. Why? Because if not, we're in trouble. We need them every day. I, I, I love that, that one prayer that, that uh, someone was saying, saying, Lord, you know, I've, I've done really well today. I haven't cheated anybody. I haven't cussed at anybody. I haven't lied. I haven't stolen. You know, I, I haven't had any bad thoughts. I'm going to get out of bed in a second. <laughs> and after that, I'm going to need some help. Right? And, and that's, that kind of sums it up. I mean, like, that, that's, that's our plight. It, sin is there. So sin is wrongdoing. It's, it's transgressing the law of God, the mark for us. Um, it's disobedience to him. And, and so who wants to confess? Who in here is just kind of rebellious by nature? The, right? There are some personalities. I, I, I'm actually not. I'm more of a law, kind of like, ooh, what's the rules? Okay, I'll follow those. Um, but there are these people that's a personality type. They're just kind of rebellious. Like, they don't want to do something until you tell them they shouldn't. And then they go, ooh, well, I think I'm going to try that. And, and if you're a parent of one of them, God bless you. Um, <laughs> but there's that thing in us that sometimes just wants to rebel and be disobedient. We're, we're dealing with that. And, and so here, there's this thing happening. There's original sin going on, and there's sin uh, in the church. Now, what I want, do want to say is that sin, when we're dealing with sin, ultimately, it's going to involve a confrontation between uh, obedience and rebellion. Kind of, kind of gets simple, huh? It, you know, when there's a sin, there's this confrontation between obedience and rebellion. Uh, because we know what we're supposed to do. Now, one of the things in 1 Corinthians is that this, these people, as we've learned a little bit, they were thinkers, they were wise, they were very, very, I can use the word progressive. I've talked a little bit about this. Today in, in America and in the world, we have a new thing. It's not really new, but it's, it's getting kind of more popular. Progressive Christianity. Have you, have you heard that, that, that you know, word yet? It's Christians who really are, are press, you know, kind of pushing against that envelope of whether we should do things or not. And, and sometimes progressive Christianity goes into, actually goes all the way into uh, Unitarianism where, where there's lots of ways to get to Jesus and they, they're calling it progressive Christianity. And we have to be very aware of, of things. We can never deviate from what the Word says. Well, they were progressive. They were actually saying, listen, Christ set us free. The Bible said, right? You know, they, they had some letters. They had this teaching. The teaching at the time was that Jesus Christ came to set you free from sin, but also from the bondages of the law, explaining that the law's purpose was to make us aware that we were sinners and, and keep us doing things um, that were that right and healthy. And so the, the word was being preached that you're free, and, and even Paul's writings said things like, he, was, uh, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. There's, we're, we're all free. And they began to take this freedom to say, I can do anything. I can, I can really do anything. I can, I can even sin. I'm free. There's forgiveness in Jesus. And so here's this thing happening in the church that not, not even the pagans like to do 
you know, they're like, whoa, this is really bad. And it says that they were proud. They were proud. So one of the, th this issue of dealing with sin in the church is not just that we look around, you know, and point people out. You can go, Steve, I saw what you did. You're bad. It's bad. Well, both of you. There we go. Two Steves. Right? And from this angle, they're both right in a row. And Brian gets caught in the middle. You know, th that's not the point. That's not, that's not the point of pointing out people's sin. But what was happening is there was people going, listen, I'm good. I, I'm going to do this sin. I'm going to do it openly. And, and I'm fine. And they were within the church. And Paul deals with this really seriously. He's like, you can't let that happen in the church. Not that you can't let sin happen in the church. And remember, this, the, these walls are not the church. We are the church. We could be anywhere. You know, we, we had church under the tent. We were still the church. But we're not saying that there can't be any sin in the church, because if that were the case, we'd all have to go home. Every one of us, even though it's only 10 o'clock in the morning. Because there's, we have issues, we have struggles in our life. But what he's saying is you can't let people openly sin. You can't let understandings come in and say, hey, this is really okay to do. And, and it goes on, and, and, and his is how he expresses it. And he says, your boasting isn't good. Don't boast in sin. Don't boast in sin. And that's, that's really um, a, a, side, a side message I'm going to just share real quick. Um, you know, when we're talking about how God delivered us, thinking back, of, you know, sometimes I hear people like boasting and how good of a sinner they used to be. And I've probably done it myself. You know, oh, I, I was really bad. You just hear how bad I was. I was, so, I was worse than you. Man, I'm so proud of how bad I was. And that's kind of what was going on. You're, you're, you're boasting it. In fact, I, uh, one, one buddy of mine years ago, um, he used to call, he said, oh, yeah, we don't call those testimonies. We call those boastimonies. It's a good one, right? He was, he was a street guy, too. Boastimonies. No, no. We're not going to boast about sin. We should, ah, we should really not want anything to do with that, right? We need to recognize that it was wrong. It was bad. So they're boasting of this sin. And, and Paul goes on. He says, don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? And if you're new reading the Bible, you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, some of you don't even know what leaven is. You know, I mean, I mean, how many people still bake with leaven? You know, is there anyone in here still put bakes with leaven? Just a couple of people. Leaven is what makes bread rise. Okay. And, and so we like leaven, right? Because without it, you know the, the communion crackers that we serve here? They don't have any leaven in them. Imagine all of your sandwiches with those crackers. Just, just so this doesn't kind of do it for me. I like, I li I like the leaven. But the thing is, with, in the Bible, leaven represents sin. And so whenever you're reading in the Bible about leaven, um, even in the Passover when he was saying, you know, we're going to make these these matzah crackers without any leaven because they were in a hurry. The leaven even then was going to be foreshadowing. It was representing sin as Egypt also represents sin. So he says, don't you realize that a little, let's just put that word in there for a second, that a little sin sins the whole lump. Don't you realize that a little, letting a little sin in will allow sin in the whole lump? And he's saying by allowing 
the thought that sin is okay within your church, it's going to affect other people. And we, and we say, well, yeah, it, it, it does. Um, you know, today we, we might say, don't you know that a little COVID goes a long way? You know, I mean, you know, we, we, there, there have been times, you know, it's like, you know, we, we've been meeting and, and really pressing forward in that. But there's been a couple times, man, you know, all of a sudden in one weekend, we got like 11, 12, 13 people all out with COVID, probably got it last Sunday. You know, well, sin can come in kind of the same way. When you allow it to come in and especially not dealt with that, this behavior, this stuff is not godly. So, so part of the, this teaching that Paul is giving is, 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 is dealing with sin because they're not declaring it, hey, this is wrong. They're not helping the person deal with their sin issue. They're kind of going, man, way to go. I mean, you took this to another level, and I think your freedom is great. And, and in the church, we, we shouldn't be that way. We should instead walk alongside of somebody and say, hey, I, I'm not judging you. You've told me what you're doing. You're doing it openly, and I want to encourage you. I want to help you. What you're doing is wrong, and, and it's going to destroy lives. It's going to hurt people. See, sin, oh, there's always a victim in sin, your heart or other people, and we go along and we try to help people overcome their sin. Now, remember, this is a message to Christians about Christians. We don't go out into the world outside and, and find people that don't know Jesus and say, hey, you're just a cigarette-sucking sinner. <laughs> no, no. You know, we used, to, we used to deal with that one a lot on the streets. We'd be out there and there's, you know, back in the day, street ministry was a little more common. And it seemed like every time there was always somebody somewhere just, we called them fruit bruisers. <laughs> You go, what, what's a fruit? Well, you know, you're supposed to bear fruit for Jesus, and this is the, if they get saved, it's kind of the fruit of, of, of your works. Well, these people are all bruising the fruit. Like, man, you know, people don't want to, you know, that's, we're not talking about judging the world. In fact, it says it here, but it does say, don't worry, God will judge the world. The world needs Jesus. The world needs hope. The world needs to know that, that there, is, there is someone who came lived a perfect life, died a gruesome death so that we could go to heaven. That is, that is good news. That's what the world needs to hear. So when we're dealing with sin, it's about here. And, and so we don't want to be accepting of, of sinful behaviors. And, and, you know, but we're also not just supposed to be the people who are just, you know, the, the judges all the time, you know, we're just looking for people who are doing something wrong. That, that's not it. Because, you know, let's look in the mirror first. Look in the mirror first. You, we, we all have sin. But I want to add this. Just because you have an issue doesn't mean that you can't help somebody who also has an issue. You, you know, the, the scripture says, don't judge lest you be judged. In the same way you judge others, you'll be judged yourself. Okay. Well, it says, why look at the person who has a speck in his eye when you have a log in your own? You know, people throw that around all the time. 
You know, it really throws that around a lot of non-Christians tell that one. It's probably because we've been telling non-Christians to stop sinning, and that's not the message. It says, first, deal with the log, then you can help the person with the speck. It didn't say never help the person with the speck. We've interpreted that we can never, <coughs> ever talk about these things. In the church, no, we're supposed to. We're supposed to encourage each other, love one another, help one another, exhort one another, rebuke one another, pray for one another. We are supposed to help. That means at times, somebody might come up who's in good relationship with you and say, you know, I, I know you've been struggling with this. What can I do to help you? I got to keep moving my eyes around because otherwise people are going to think, oh, they, he knows. <laughs> he knows. Oh, look at you, Amy, okay? All right. Just, we're good, right? Okay. You know, uh, it's, uh, yeah, pastors, sometimes they got to be careful where they stop their eyes, you know. <laughs> we help one another with, with, our, with sin issues. We never want to condone the sin. We want to love the sinner and hate the sin. This is something we don't want to do anymore. We don't want to hate the sin. We want to try to find a way to accept it, to, to take care of it. You know, it's, yeah, it's kind of a rabid dog. And I just looked out, there's a dog outside. Um, I don't think it's rabid. It looks really fluffy and cute. But, you know, it, I know it's kind of a rabid dog, but he's in the corner. He's going to be okay. No. Rabid dogs in the corner are not okay. They bite. You know, just kind of keep your... No, we got to deal with that. So this message it gets really heavy because he says this thing, and this is what doesn't happen. Um, he says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with, with sexually immoral people. He goes, not at all many of the people of this world, the greedy and swindlers, idolaters, since you would have to go out of the world, Right. The Bible doesn't say that you can't have association. I'm going to talk a little bit about that word with, with people who are doing stuff out in the world. He says, everyone's doing it. And that also says that he didn't actually call us to be monks. I don't think that, that's an interesting calling. I think some people missed it. You know, monks who don't see anybody and don't, how are they effective in the world? We're actually supposed to be in the world. Go to work, go to school. Be a light, an example for Jesus. He said, but I'm writing you not to associate with anyone who bears the name brother if he is guilty of this immorality, greed, idolatry. Uh, he's a reviler, a drunkard, or a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. And the word associate is, is, has a deeper meaning than just like bumping into them. It's like having communion with them, being in, in a kind of a, a mixing in a deeper relationship with them. <coughs> we... We, and he goes, wow, that's, that's pretty harsh. This is, I believe, what the scripture is talking about because he says he is an idolater, a reviler, a drunkard, a swindler. These words actually mean it's a, kind of a, an ongoing state. An ongoing state. Um, I don't know if you've ever met somebody who's committed the act of murder. And, and if, if you met, met somebody and you met two different people and one said, about 25 years ago, I had committed murder. 
you'd be like, ooh, wow, that's really interesting. If you met another person who says, I'm a murderer, gives you a different feeling, doesn't it? <laughs> you're like, wow. <laughs> you're, you're, some new questions come in, like, how often? I like, you know, are you active in this profession, <laughs> right? Like, we all have murdered. We've all have lied. We all have fill in the blank. But the question is, are you a liar now? Are you a murderer now? Are you living in that? Does it creep back in? And hopefully, you know, the, the murder is a bad example because hopefully murder doesn't creep back in into your life. But, but lying might. You go, oh, man, I did it again. But I don't want to associate with that. Yes, I lie. But I, I don't want to claim that I'm a liar because I'm, God is setting me free. I'm working towards not doing it anymore. That's, the, that's the, the danger of I'm an alcoholic. And, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but there's a danger because for some it's like I'm still identifying with that and I, I'm just always going to be and that's who I just have to be. Well, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And, and you know, we want to identify with Christ. We want to identify with our, new, so with our new lives. So what I'm talking about is, is people who are actively living in sin, people who are saying, I don't really care what the Bible says. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And with that, this is where it gets really heavy. Paul says, don't even eat with them. Well, why? A couple reasons. One, it makes them feel good about their sin. Doesn't it? When you're doing really bad and people overlook it, and you know they know, and they're not saying anything, you're kind of like, cool. You know, I, I shouldn't say this, but I mean, it's kind of out there now. Um, if you walk into Vaughn's and go steal a bottle of alcohol, you can walk right out of the store and they don't stop you anymore. It's the way they're dealing with things now because of lots of craziness. Do you think that's helping people not to steal? You know, I, I, that's like, ooh, wow, he watched me just walk right out. I guess it's okay to do. Now, think of another liquor store, and I don't know if any of them are like this up here, so we'll just pick one down the hill. You know, one in, one in San Bernardino, in a bad area of San Bernardino, you walk into there and you grab a bottle of vodka and you start walking out. The clerk behind the counter, he's the owner, he grabs his stick, he hits it on the counter, and he looks at you and he means business. Right? He's still old school. That store doesn't have many people steal from it. Why? It's not okay. As Christians, if we look the other way, we kind of condone it, even though we're like, ah, oh, it's a bummer. We want to love and help and encourage. Give resources. You know, I mean, it's tough to overcome sin at all. We can't without the blood of Jesus. And, and habitual sin, sometimes you need... You need maybe even in groups to do this together. And those things are all good. I, are you tracking with me? So he's pretty serious about this. Like, listen, don't even associate with them. Don't even have a meal with them. For, for, what, uh, for what, I have, what have I to do with judging outsiders? It's not the, those inside the church. 
purge the evil person from among you. And this is what they, they used to do just to get the history of it. And, and maybe I think there's still room for this today if we understand what we're doing and, and we're in fellowship together. Some of you think get really scared is, is they would excommunicate. They, you, that word you're familiar with, you know, from the Catholic Church, excommunicate means you can no longer fellowship with us. Now, I'm going a little bit, bit deeper, but I, I missed the scripture here, and I don't know how I missed it. Um, here it goes, verse 5. That's why I kind of jumped to 6. You are to deliver this man, excommunicate him, if you will, out of fellowship, deliver him to Satan. And you're like, Whoa, that sounds horrible for the destruction of his flesh. Well, that doesn't sound very nice. We stop there. <coughs> Here's where it goes. So that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Has anyone ever had to do an intervention on anybody? Those are serious, serious moments. The, the best intervention is to get everybody you can who's in re close relationship with the person and basically say, you're cut off from us. We're not helping you. We, we can't let you do this anymore. And it's not because I'm tired of having my quarter stolen. It's, it's because you're going to kill yourself. And we cannot stand. And so you cut them off. Interventions don't work if everybody's not in agreement. And it's not the first thing you do. Long before you do an intervention, you are working with them. You're helping them. You're, you're teaching them. You're doing everything you possibly can. And if that doesn't work, you finally say, we're done. That's all he's saying here. You get somebody who's willfully living in sin. It won't change. The church comes together and says, listen, you won't stop. We're done. Because if you don't stop, this, this, this goes into a whole theological thing. We're afraid that your soul may be lost. That's what the scripture is saying. So that the destruction of his flesh, and, and why don't people do interventions? Because they're afraid to see the person get hurt. They're afraid to see what might happen. I don't want to see that person eating out of a garbage can, homeless. It breaks our hearts, so we don't do it. But, but Paul's saying, listen, sometimes the destruction of the flesh is exactly what needs to happen. This is the view that we should take on, on this passage. Is it's a last resort. But we can't let sin just roam around in the family of God. Now, again, at the very beginning of this thing, I've been talking to believers. Not to, if, you're, if you're a visitor, you could come. All that come just as you are. Keep listening, and I, I pray that you will hear the message that Jesus wants to give you hope and a new life. That, that's why we're, we, we, we believe that we want a new life. And we can, my old life, yeah, it wasn't so good. I need something. The, the, the saying, you know, Jesus loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. And that's, that's us. We love you just as you are, but we want to love you too, so much that we want to leave you that way. We, we want to help you grow. We want to help you have victory in your life. We want to help you be fruitful. All these things. And so that this is this is what what's happening in 1 Corinthians. And so 
You know, if there's something going on in your life, I want to encourage you to go to Jesus with it. You are not doomed to struggle with the same sin your whole life. If you're having a struggle with something, find help from a godly person. Someone who can walk, you, walk with you through the process, pray for you, even give you tools and, and, and counsel and, and just ongoing to overcome what you're going through. There is hope. There are people, we could have the testimony. There's one of the things we used to do on the streets a lot is have people share their testimony. We'd go out into a drug-infested uh, you know, area where there's a lot of drugs, and we'd, always, we'd pick people who had a drug background to give their testimony how God set them free so that they could go, you mean there's hope for me? There's hope for you. There's hope for everyone. For, for every sin you can possibly think of, there is a victory in Jesus. And that's, that's our desire. We, we, we want the body of Christ to be built up and healthy and grow. And, and because of that, as the shepherd, and I love my little thing out there with the little sheep shepherd guy with my little face plastered onto it. If you walked in as a visitor, you're like, this is a really weird church. Um, you're right. But in addition to that, uh, it's, it's Pastor Appreciation Week, and so Jesse had that made up because, you know, I'm the shepherd. And so, but a, as a shepherd, I, I need to make sure I'm protecting the sheep, you know. And, and, and uh, you know, maybe the sheep need to get together and protect some of the other sheep too. All right? Is that good? We okay? Let's, let's pray. God, Corinthians 5 is, is a tough chapter. It's, it deals seriously with sin, Lord, and we need to deal seriously with it in our own lives. And God, um, we thank you that you gave us a way, uh, showed us a way that we're supposed to deal with it seriously in the, in the congregation of believers because your desire is that everyone would have a fruitful life. Everyone would be set free whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Lord, to just allow people to be um, in bondage to sin or uh, missing the mark, these behaviors that just, they're not good for us. That would be wrong to sit by and watch that. So we thank you that you've given us instructions on how to deal with this. Lord, I pray for each of us today that, that you would help each of us to grow closer to you. <coughs> Lord, uh, there are some people who uh, this morning in here uh, who probably struggle with an ongoing difficulty in their life, something they've been praying for deliverance. Lord, right now I pray that you would encourage their spirit. Lord, I pray that you would set them free and that you would give them the courage to go and, and talk to another believer. Talk to somebody and say, hey, this is, this is my struggle. Will you walk with me? God, and um, we pray that we would help one another in this journey. God, we thank you that in Christ, your mercies are new every single morning. God, there's no place we can go that's outside of your love. God, and we just thank you for the cross of Christ, for the redemption, the hope and new life that's found only in Jesus. Fill us today with your spirit. In, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
we, we did not take an official offering for, for Mark and Jen Lee. If you want to give to them, if you want to do it through a check, you can drop in the box, just put, put their you know, forerunner Mark Jen Lee on somewhere on the check, on the memo or something. There's also a basket on the table right next to the CDs. Get a CD. You can just drop a donation in there for them. Just bless them for coming out um, this week and keep them doing what they do in Minneapolis. Amen? Amen. And make sure you love on them a little bit.